Mate, we covered three states today. Yeah, we did. And the thing that I took out of it is that the the Brisbane Carnival is really starting to heat up. Yeah. That's all, that's all I really care about, let's be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And in probably the feature race of the day, um, full credit to the sponsors of that race as well. Um, but I think I've found one of the great get-out-of-the-casino bets of all time, and you'll actually be able to see that on my Ned's profile this weekend as well. Yes, uh, the Ned's profile is great, mate. Um you know, if you want to follow us in, if you followed uh, us in last week, you would have found a couple that's for sure. Maybe you find some more this week at some value, but uh, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. But still, you can do everything else with the Neds app. You can get weird and exotic as well with the Neds same race multi. And, you know, there's no one else I'd rather bet with heading into the Brisbane Winter Carnival. Well, they also have a black book feature there, so you can black book ones for these prep runs into their grand finals. They have the futures markets there. You can do all that good stuff mm-hmm. with the good people at Neds. Mm-hmm. Damn right. But what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Deepest apologies to all South Australian racing fans. Your racing sucks. And welcome back to another episode of the Horse Racing Podcast Absolutely No One Asked For, the Polo Punk Club Podcast with my very good mate, Declan. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, mate. Such a uh, formal introduction for what is a very loose podcast. Yeah, look, we were just saying that and deepest apologies to all South Australian racing fans. Your racing sucks. <laughs> well, I, was gonna, I wasn't going to be that blunt. But uh, oh, it just it doesn't really tickle my fancy, no. But Group One racing in Adelaide this weekend, so we've got to do our due diligence and and at least give the punters something. I guess so. Uh, if you're hearing that, that's my dog at the door, <laughs> just wanting to get on the mic. But, Stay away, Leo. Um, Leo, the legend. Um, but yeah, I guess Russian Camelot won this race last year, but I'd say that's the only horse of note. That has won that type of race in Adelaide. Ever. Yeah, yeah, so fair. I I can't recall anything coming out of Adelaide of substance uh, out of the Adelaide Group Ones at least of substance in the last few years. So no. And if you listened last week, punters, you may have you may have caught on that you know we need to keep ourselves interested in this podcast as well. So we're just going to touch on a few things that uh, tickled our fancy during the week. So. Mate, I went to the footy on the weekend. Lions mm. versus Port. Yeah, unreal. And the Lions, of course, they did. They towed up Port Adelaide yet again. They really did. And yeah, it was it was a clinical performance. Very enjoyable to watch. It was, and I did it perfectly. You know, there was a bit of rain around. You know, the crowd was absolutely throbbing out there. <laughs> throbbing. It was fantastic. It wow. was brilliant to see. So. Prue and I decided to leave at three-quarter time. And when we got home 20 minutes later, you know, there no goals had been scored. So, we didn't miss any action. So No, the damage was already done. The Lions were – they cooled their jets a little bit in the fourth quarter. There was one great goal to my mate, 
Humor Gluggage. One of the great humans on this earth. One of the great hues. Yeah. (laughs) Well, one predominant hue that we talk about isn't really a a friend of this podcast. No, of the the two hues we've mentioned so far in this podcast, (laughs) uh, this guy certainly comes out on top, Humor Gluggage. He takes the cake for sure. But if I was at the game and um, for Hughes' goal, which I wasn't, I was, you know, had a shower by that point, you know, feeling comfortable. Relaxing and re- getting ready for, a, you know, a nice uh, rest after what was a dominant victory. Yeah, you know, man, I knew I knew the boys had done the J- got the JD. So, if I was there, after every Lions goal, there's they do like a little dance move, right? And Joe Danaher, for example... He he does his and, you know, I think he did a handball, pretty basic stuff. But they also play a snippet of a song. So, last year for Charlie Cameron, it was Baby Shark. Mm. And this year for Joey, it was I'm Not That Innocent by Britney Spears. <laughs> not that innocent. So. Oops, I did it again. Yeah, something yeah. like that. One of those, you know, classic Britney. Mm. So, I was just going to ask you, if you were... <laughs> An AFL player, and you just kicked a snag at the at the mecca of Brisbane AFL, the Gabba, you know, and you're giving it to the crowd, Charlie style, with the motorbike. What song's going to play afterwards? That's a great question, and you know, I actually am going to switch codes because <laughs> because there's something that's just stuck in my head, and now it's it's translated to every single game I watch. Um, but whenever you're at Suncourt watching uh, Planet Bronk. Yes. Whenever they score a try, that comes on, which which I think is actually, and I might need to fact check this, I think it's a song by the Fratellis. Let me just check this real quick. Yeah, called Chelsea Dagger. Wow. Jeez. Huge. Big flex that. Um, but yeah, so every, I'm not a Broncos supporter, I don't mind the Bronx, but <laughs> every every time now, even when I'm watching the Dragons play or watching State of Origin, <laughs> and I, someone tries and I'm exuberant because of it. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so so for me, that's probably what I think of. And another one that comes to mind is probably um, One More Time by Daft Punk or Huge. something. Just yeah. a great tune. As soon as you hear that, someone definitely had that. Just. Gets you up and about, you know. Someone definitely had that. Oh, I, really? Yeah, I don't know who it was, but yeah, it makes sense, you know. But, mate, Planet Bronk, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, <laughs> makes huge amount of sense. Yeah, and just charging the arms up and down. Oh, It's yeah. a great sight. It's a little seat workout. It's great. Yeah. Look, it's not happening as often anymore. No. <laughs> than what it did a few years back. Poor old Planet Bronk. Yeah, well. Oh, um, well. Yeah, one of the great uh, celebration songs. Absolutely. For my two cents, I was trying to think of it and I'm inspired by, you know, the nightclub scene. I reckon, imagine- <laughs> Are you? Just imagine a bit of sandstorm going down after you kicked a goal. <laughs> yeah, that's classic. I, I always uh, see funny videos of people doing- uh, a rendition of Sandstorm, <laughs> um, but with different instruments like a flute or like a jazz jazz flute or something like that or a recorder. A recorder. It's, it's so funny every single time. Um, no, that's a great show, mate. Yeah. And actually, you know what I, th- I just thought about with One More Time, mm. uh, the Daft Punk song. Do you remember when, I don't know if you would have seen this, but 
when Channel 7 had their last week of coverage for Melbourne Cup week, and obviously now it's with, with Channel oh 10. Oh, my God, yeah. It was their last year of having it. <sighs> and, and they got the cast. So we're talking Bruce McAvaney. Um, You're talking Richo. We're talking Richo. We're talking uh, Katie Mallion. Yep. We're talking uh, Abby Jelmy, I think yep. her name is. They're all doing a rendition of One More Time and they've got their own oh. little dance like it's, a, like it's a bloody TikTok or something. In the cringeworthy stakes, it oh. wins by the length of the straight. I can just picture Bruce McAvaney looking down the barrel of the camera singing one more time and doing this weird oh, sort of dance. Man. I remember watching it just thinking, I'm a big fan of you, Bruce. Same. But I don't know about this. You've had an absolute Betty Crocker there. Oh, yeah. Richo's got some moves, but. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Because he is one of the greats. He's versatile, mate. He's the chameleon of the uh, racing industry, I reckon. Yeah. I think so, too. He's actually not bald. <laughs> That's just his race day look. Wow. Because <laughs> he wants to he wants to have a, something on his head like a fedora. Yeah, Or some description. Or an Akubra. Of course he does. But yeah. the hair just takes away from it. I reckon he shaves it. I reckon it's just a spono. <laughs> yeah. he, has, he has to fulfill his uh, sponsorships. We might uh, tag him in this to see what he reckons, but... Mm. Um, Anyway, that's my yarn for the week, but you have anything to bring to the table? Mate, something that really stood out to me this week is one of the most what-the-hell-headlines I've ever seen in my life, which read a little bit like this. Ex-Test cricketer Stuart McGill abducted, assaulted, and held for ransom. That is not something I expected to read this week. No, (laughs) it's really not. Because in my memory... Stuart McGill of, you know, 44 tests for his country. Um, I just remember him just, you know, turning nut for Australia. (laughs) Mate, could turn it sideways. Yeah. And I also remember him being a connoisseur of red wine for Mm. some reason. I knew that about him. I didn't think he'd be abducted (laughs) and held for ransom. That's not something I affinitate, you know. Affiliate. Affiliate. Affinitate. (laughs) Affiliate with Stuart. No, that, and and <clears throat> abducting someone and holding them for ransom, I associate that more so with like royals or something, or in movies. This doesn't happen in Sydney, in yeah. Australia, no. to Stuart McGill. Of course not. So, absolutely, absolutely bizarre, and it ended up being the brother of one of his ex-partners who was associated with bikies, allegedly, or something like that. So, who knows, but absolutely weird story, poor Stewie McGill. Um, surely we'll have some PTSD from that. But uh, <laughs> actually, apparently, he was in handcuffs, and the way he got out of it was just by ke- he kept turning his hand. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually, the handcuffs just undid themselves. <laughs> and then he was, he was searching for a way to get out, and there was heaps of cricket balls lying around the place. Yeah. And he just threw, he threw them at all the people who were holding him hostage, and they just passed out. Yeah, of course they would. He got hit in the head. Uh, but um, That's funny. Yeah, anyways. I was thinking there's some other funny headlines I've seen uh, pertaining to sport recently, and here's one that you might like. Okay. And this will be something from last year. Mm. Robinson stitched up by umpires in bizarre (laughs) mouth guard hurling incident. (laughs) (laughs) What is that headline, you might ask? Now, I I can't remember (laughs) if we were watching the game together or I said to you, mate, look at this. (laughs) But Mitch Robinson from... The Lions and Carlton Blues fame. He's just done one of the great mouth guard throws <laughs> after he, a decision didn't go his way on the field. <laughs> it full pelt. It would, it would have gone 50 metres. At least, yeah. 
It was brilliant. It's still going, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it just made no sense. No. Love no. Robbo's passion. Yeah. Um, mate, I was having a think, uh, think about this as well. And one that I found very interesting was Michael Slater this week. Oh, bizarre too. Calling out ScoMo. It's just been a bizarre <laughs> week for, you know, sporting heroes in our country. <laughs> Ex-Australian cricketers. Ex-Australian cricketers are a weird bunch. Yeah. What about leg spinners? Stewie McGill, Shane Warne? Yeah. Jeez. I wonder what's going to happen to Sweppo once he retires. Oh, we'll just go we'll just go west. Mm, maybe. Doubt it. Oh, but yeah. Um, so that that was a funny story too. Uh, with Michael Slater accusing ScoMo of having blood on his hands. Yeah. <laughs> and then I saw a tweet that he said, he's like, I dare you or I challenge you to a debate. He tweeted that to at ScoMo. And it's like, why, mate? Why? Yeah, Slats, Slats has got a screw loose, I yeah. think. Loose marbles. And a little bonus as well, punters, if you haven't done this already, just- Google Florida man and you will see some of the weirdest shit pop up for news headlines. So, June 27, 2012, Florida man chews off another man's face. (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh, January 1st, 2015, Florida man trapped in unlocked closet for two days. Uh, I found I I've read some other ones, but that's the gist of it. Florida people not the smartest. No, they're not. And Northern Territory news actually comes out with some bangers as well. They do. Perhaps for another time. I think so. Um, okay, this week we're doing our top three bad beats of the autumn slash spring wherever they land. Look, there's plenty to choose on from, but I think this would have to be our top three. Do you want to – you have the honours, mate. Mate, well, look, mine are, mine are pretty broad because I've had a pretty average autumn. Me right? too. And I'm going to start off with just very elegant and not being able to find her at all. No. So, I didn't tip her in her Group 1 victories uh, in the Ranvit or the Chipping Norton. So, mm-hmm. I said to myself, I'll tip her in the Queen Elizabeth, which is probably soon to be the uh, – the King Charles stakes, not the Queen Elizabeth stakes, <laughs> because I don't think she's got very long left. <laughs> and she goes and runs second. And I recall saying on the podcast, and I looked for this specifically for this point, in the spring after she won the Caulfield Cup, I said, I'm going to back her every start in the autumn. Oh, no. <laughs> and I didn't until the last start where she ran second. So one of my favourites, very elegant, cannot believe I didn't find her once during the autumn. That's just poor form for me. That's a that's a bad beat. That is a bad beat, and especially the class that she is, mm. and you know, and the one time you jump on, she's chewing her silly face off. Oh, bloody hell! <sighs> it's like she's just listening to Sandstorm at two in the morning. <laughs> yeah, mate. she is. My number one bad beat. Well, three, two, one. My first one is Brooklyn Hustle running fourth in the Oakley Plate after a about twenty minute <laughs> uh, look at the photo. Had her going for, had her each way, so I knew it wasn't getting first, but had her in an each way combo. If that had won, I would have collected quite a bit. And I, by the photo, I'm still not convinced she ran fourth. But um, what really kicked me in the nuts there was the next three to four weeks on RSN radio, 
David Gator Gately just saying, oh, yeah, no, nah, Brooklyn Hustle should have won that race. <laughs> if you tipped Brooklyn Hustle, you got the race right. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, that just doesn't help me, Gator. Oh, mate, I feel for you, but also back Portland Sky in that race, so you did. Yeah. And yeah. that was probably the last group one I picked ever. <laughs> so Brooklyn Hustle, look, and she flew home again for fifth. She loves it. That's her racing pattern, mate. Yeah. And she'll keep doing it Yeah, so until she retires. I reckon she's a good bet in like a 10-horse field when she gets one, mm. I reckon. First up, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, definitely first up. So, we'll see. Anyway, number two. Uh, for me, again, this is a broad one, but it's just my golden slipper day in general. I had an absolute nightmare. So, <laughs> obviously... And the initial kick in the nuts was the fact that we were up in Noosa specifically for it and we're going to go to the greatest punting venue on earth, the Noosa Surf Club for it, Duh. and it gets rained out. Duh. That sucked. That so, I guess suck. delayed a week. And I'm like, I'm not going to change any of my tips. I still think the deck's going to be quite soft. Bit of give. Bit of give. It was still a soft, but it wasn't as soft as what I wanted it. No. By no means. So, this is how my day read. Oh, no. Rose Hill Guineas. (laughs) Fourth. Lions Raw. Damn. Sake. Ranvit. Second. Adabe. Damn. In the slipper. Fourth. With four. Moves ahead. Shit. Is that an H-way price too? Juniper and the George Ryder. Did absolutely nothing. Second last. Yeah. (laughs) Other roughie that I wanted. Wins. Talia in the galaxy. Absolutely nothing. Oh, and that's when the imposter Eduardo won. So, that was my golden slipper day. And I think I was this close to giving up punning. That close. If you're listening and not looking on YouTube, stop the podcast right now and go on YouTube. (laughs) That's how close I was. Do it. We're 16 minutes in. Do it now. There's something else of this size I'm thinking of too. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, it was just, it was not a good day for me. And ironically, since then, since then, I've had a bit of a look through, and every group one since then, except I think barring two or three, my horses ran in the top four. But there you go. So it's it could be the loss that you need to have. I needed to take a good hard look at myself in the mirror, and I did. Yeah, I still am. Yeah, you're still you know only about two to three wins away from the tippy top. I could win it all. It's a very big. It's a very tight leaderboard. It is. So, you know, plenty of footy to play, about 10 rounds, in fact. We'll see. My second one was the last leg of the quaddy in the first day of the championships where we had four of them, I think, and none of them looked like winning except the horse that I picked, Marbusha, and it got beaten by nose by Matchmaker and J-Mac. Yeah, that was my last one. That was a bad loss. That we ran was. second, third, fourth in that race. Yeah. So, that was a red hot kick in the nuts. And it. my day was just a day full of just near misses. Almost. Yeah, nothing worse. And that leads into my third one, and that has to be Young Werther. Oh. I think that's, that's the worst beat I've had in a very long time. That's a bad beat. First time I jump on him, he jumps at 15s. He's friendless in the market. He's drifting. I jump on. <laughs> Have him in a combo. Another leg of my combo gets up. I'm 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 feeling confident. I'm feeling good. 
I thought it was a cracking bet too. It was a cracking bet. Cracking. And then he loses by nose. (gasps) By Captain Jack. Explosive Jack. (laughs) Captain Jack Sparrow. I can't believe he swooped in and stole victory from... From you, uh, yeah, that was that was bad. I never heard of that horse. No, now Maka did. Now because <laughs> he put her in the quaddy. Oh, so yeah, I guess you know. And now Captain Jack's bloody favourite of the <laughs> SA Derby. Yeah, well, we'll see how that plays out. But um, look, I, we were talking about bad beats today, and I was like, I had some shocking beats in the spring too. I think I had more um, close. Calls in the spring. I mm. I just had out and out losses during the autumn. But on Derby Day alone, I had personal, which was in the second or third race. Yeah, to second. that lost to your thing, Victoria Key. That's right. And Odium, which lost by a schnoz. Yeah, ah, <laughs> <laughs> it still stings. Does so sting. I've, oh, I've had a I've had a shocking last sort of six to nine months, but you know what. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> See, now that's saying, does that mean it's a positive thing or a negative thing? Because if you're downhill, you know, without the brakes on, you could just, you could die. Mm. Well, it's easier to go downhill though, is it not? Mm. I don't know. Let's ask Frank Ocean. Yeah. We'll get him on the podcast. Mm. I'm sure he listens. Um, <laughs> but that's Bad Beats. Let us know yours. Um, I'm sure there'll be some social content going up about this because, you know, we're suckers for punishment. Oh, look, punning is a series of bad beats, close victories, and then the very, very occasional juicy win. That's all it is. Weekly. Oh, it's a roller coaster. The former, not the latter. Mm. Um, anyway, um, Look, I've got a polo recipient written down here. I'm going to do it really quick because I think they deserve it. I'm giving out and I'm not giving out a navy, a white. A, uh, I'm just giving out a purple. I think going on, we're just going to give out either a navy or a purple. Port Adelaide again in a purple polo this week. <laughs> Suckers. They suck. They suck, mate. They are Brisbane's bunnies. Love to see it. Harris Andrews gave Charlie Dixon an absolute bath, as he always does. It was brilliant to see mm. at the game. Just none of them, none of them put in mm. for the for the jersey. No, they didn't. Charlie's, yeah, Charlie's just you know sitting in the bath that Harris Andrews has poured for him. It's it's a lukewarm bath. Rubber, it's, not, it's not an enjoyable bath. Rubber ducky in one hand, pruny hands. Yeah. Charlie, yeah, come on, prune hands. They might be enormous hands, but they're pruny. They're pruning. So, he's not going to grip anything with those pretty hands. No, and he couldn't kick straight either. It's like a kick in a bar of soap. So, mm. look, probably a bit harsh on Big Charlie there. But um, Port Adelaide, as a club, more like Purple Adelaide, <laughs> I would have thought. Suckers. So, that's done and dusted. We get into the racing. Uh, the Yawn Derby, the South Australian Derby, three-year-olds, 2,500 metres, set weights. Last year, won by a Russian Camelot. Oh, what a win that was too. Went through the archives <laughs> and I saw that only two fillies have won this race in 27 years. Uh, I didn't know that. Um, but not, I, not that surprising. It's not looking at it. Obviously, you've got personal in there. On the quick backup, which might actually suit her. May do, but 
Not for me. Who knows? She's done her dash. Oh, I just don't think against the boys. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and one of the fillies to win that was Kofila, who did oh. nothing up until then and then did nothing after that. Yeah, that's right. So, real anomaly there. That was only two years ago. I think she was about 30 or 40 to 1. So, yeah. Right. yeah. Anyway, how do you see the yawn stakes? Oh, the yawn derby playing out. God. Look, it's 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 an interesting race because there's a few horses that have come out of different races. However, if you look a bit deeper, a lot of these horses have actually versed each other at some point. In terms of form line that I think's probably most important, I want to look at the form around uh, Explosive Jack rather than the form around local horse Royal Mile. So there's a horse that actually beat Explosive Jack in the Bendigo Street Leisure Trial. Yes, over 2,200 metres. Over 2,200 metres and then came out and beat through Irish Eyes in the Galilee Series Final over 2,400 metres. Through Irish Eyes won the uh, St. Leisure Final. Uh, recently, so yes, it did. That form has been franked, and that horse is number three, Laquero. Draws well here, I think. Sits just off pace, uh, and should get a pretty good run. What I was wondering though is, will they be asleep at the front? Because it doesn't seem to be tons and tons of early speed in this race. Yeah, from that gate, Luke Curry in the saddle. Hopefully, it will just sit closer to the speed. Laquero is the one I found as well. Mm. I think 550 is actually a pretty decent price for it. I thought it'd be closer to favorite without seeing the odds. Um, I can understand the odds for Explosive Jack. $3 is very short though. Like you look at his starting price profile, $16 last start in the um, the Australian Derby. So, you know, I just find that hard to marry up. Um to be honest, mate, I didn't have too much more to add in this race. I had the Quiro on top. I think personal on the quick backup will suit her. She's won out at this distance against the Phillies and she does like racing this way of going. And then I had Explosive Jack in for third. So, playing around the favourites, nothing too interesting for mine. Yeah, look, um, I've got a little bit to add to that. Uh with let's crack a deal, I think at fourteen bucks, I think he's a great shout. He's been aimed at this race. This is him third up. He gets gets the blinkers for the first time. He's trained by Marin Eustace, just like Explosive Jack. So that'll be interesting to see how he goes. Uh, should probably get a good to soft track. There's a bit of rain forecast for Adelaide, so that'll suit him. Uh, he comes out of a race where he ran second to Royal Mile. Over 1,800 metres in the Port Adelaide Guineas. So, I think he gets to a distance which is suitable. And the biggest query for mine for him, though, is obviously a drawing gate 15. But I think uh, Benny Allen can get him um, forward and, and running well. So, I think if you're looking for a roughie in this race, I'd be on let's crack a deal. One other horse that I found interesting was number six, Deep Strike. Uh, ran in the Chairman Stakes, which was uh, the race that Royal Mile won. Last start, ran eighth there, but if you watch a replay of that race, 
was trying to get out about three or four different times and just couldn't, but found the line really strongly. It's one its previous two prior to that race. So I think it's unders at $8.50, but just wanted to highlight that horse. So, yeah, I, I think it sits out of those ones, um, but I've got Laquero on top as well. Um, yeah, Explosive Jack should run well as well. And, yeah, Snucklet's Karaka deal into my numbers. On Let's Karaka, mm. um, in the spring, it was pretty much leading each each race it was running in. If it wasn't, it was in the top two or three. It's yeah. sitting back in its runs now, and it's actually hitting the line quite nicely. So, Blink is first time for him as well. So, that out of Kieran Maher, David Eustace, they can tr- definitely train a stayer. You know, the stable mate might even, he might beat the stable mate home. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, how often do you see that? Um, he's only third up here as well, so this has always been the target for him, whereas I think they said after Explosive Jack won the Australian Derby they were going to take him down to Adelaide potentially, depending on how he pulled up, but mm. I think the Australian Derby was his his grand final, so maybe a little bit of an afterthought, but wouldn't surprise. He actually, in that race, he ran second to Laquero in the Bendigo St. Leisure trial, whatever. <laughs> he actually hit the line really, really strongly, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, he, he could run really well, but we'll see. Fair enough. Uh, on to our time-honoured Juicy Stakes tips. <laughs> time-honoured. Uh, so, last week, my roughie, Paul's Regret in the feature, ran a really nice eighth. Ooh. Yeah, so. Uh, I had Flexible in the feature, which I thought was a, a good price. It ran fourth, so. Yeah. Hey, top four. That's what we want for values. So, each way. I had Mizzy as my each way, ran 14th. I don't know what happened to Mizzy in that race. It's very bizarre. It was on pace and then just faded. Yeah. Really weird. Yeah. Fair but enough. Who knows? I was a bit cheeky. I put Steinem as my each way, but Bo Rossa did my best. He jumped at an each way price. So I, I was kind of playing between the two, but Steinem finished ninth, Bo Rossa won. So. Which is good. Yeah. Um, Thousand Wishes was no good at all. Dang. In the fifth race. So. And we're over 35. Over so, 35. You know, uh, that just means we've raised, you know, upwards of $350 for charity. So, it could be worse. Brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Wholesome content. Okay. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but I went interstate for my value play of the day. Yeah, look, I was looking um, interstate because... I don't like the card in Adelaide very much. It is disgusting stuff. However, let's crack a deal, I thought, at 14 bucks in the feature was Done. a good price. So, that's my roughie. Beautiful. Look, I've been trying to bet on this horse for a few times and she's not the $126 she once was, but Alison of Tuffy in the last <laughs> at Gold Coast, number one, beat home Crone uh, her last run of last year. Uh, who is a subsequent Group 1 winner. Um, look, she hasn't been fantastic uh, in her two runs this prep. But getting onto what's likely to be a soft deck um, might be what turns her around. She's drawn perfectly, should sit on speed. Nash in the saddle. Bang. 21 bucks. That's a good play. Yeah, nice. Uh, I've got Laquero for my each way. Uh, $5.50 at the moment. So, should get your money back if it runs a place. Punters. Yeah, no, same. Mm. Uh, and then this is a bit of this has got master of wine vibes for me oh dear this is if it doesn't win this race and forget about this horse but in race eight 
in Adelaide, Cherry Tour Tony. Oh, dear. So if you actually have a look at that race, it's about $2.40. Um, and if you look at the other horses in the race, I, I just can't see any horses that should really um, have a good shot at challenging it. So, yeah, Cherry Tortoni gets to a mile, which is uh, I think it's it's um, favoured distance. Uh, draws pretty well, but probably gets a soft deck in Adelaide if it does rain, which he enjoys. So, at this stage, he's a he's a master of wine. If he doesn't win this race, no, thank you. I did have a look at this race, and I'm trying to find something to beat it. Yeah, maybe way to go, Paula. Maybe I thought that, or potentially agreeable, might be a bit of a threat. But yeah. nah, I, th- I think Cherry Tortoni should be reading, uh, should be winning this. And if it doesn't, then never back it again. Especially with embolism out of the race, mm. I thought that was wouldn't be a bad shout. But now it's out, so maybe Casino Seventeen haven't looked at it, the form properly. And to be honest, I don't know my Adelaide form at all. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a fair shout. Um, look, this is a genuine stab in the dark for my best play of the day. Full disclosure, I said that last week and it got up. So, <laughs> this could win as well. But heading to the Gold Coast race four, number 11, Wisdom of Water, Annabelle Neesham's stable. I think she's turned around this horse. He's been quite impressive his two runs this prep. Um, big query, huge query, undeniable query is the likely soft track at the Gold Coast, which he has absolutely no form on. But you're getting a price of $5 to find out. Jai McNeil in the saddle, 54 kegs. Um, he meets horses like Scalapini beautifully at the weights. Um, I think he he did show a lot of ticker just going down to Signore Fox and uh, he wasn't too far away from Wild Ruler. Like if Wild Ruler was in this race, he'd be a dollar twenty. So, I think the five dollars on offer for Wisdom of Water is not a bad shout. Fair enough, mate. Gold Coast actually got some decent racing, um, so check it out, punters. Absolutely. Well, oh. Group One Racing returns to Brisbane next week, if I'm not mistaken. Does with the Doom and Ten Thousand, mate. So we have the Goodwood next week, and we have the Doom and Ten Thousand. So we're going to be busy, boys. Yeah, look, I'm looking forward to that more so than what I am the South Australian derby. Absolutely. <laughs> so, once again, not too confident with our picks this week. Well, at least I'm not. <gasps> we'll see. <laughs> so, if you're having a bet, to be honest, just save your money until the spring or even the winter. The winter's going to be good. Winter will be good. Yeah. So, if you're having a bet, maybe save it till then, but we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.